0: chapter twenty of the old maids club by israel Zangwill. this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty the inaugural soiree oh lord silverdale cried lily exultantly when he made his usual visit the next afternoon at last i have an unexceptional candidate we shall get under way at last i am so pleased because papa keeps bothering about that inaugural soiree you know he is staying in town expressly for it but what is the matter you don't seem to be glad at my news i'm afraid you will be grieved at mine he replied gravely look at this in today's moon sobered by his manner she took the paper then her face grew white she read in large capitals the old maids club interview with the president sensational stories of skittish spinsters wee winnie and lily dulcimer i called at the old maids club yesterday writes a moon woman to get some wrinkles which ought to be abundant in such a club though they are not miss dulcimer the well-known authoress is one of the loveliest and jolliest girls of the day of course i went as a candidate with a trumped-up story about my unhappy past which miss dulcimer will i am sure forgive me in view of the fact that it was the only way of making her talk freely for the benefit of my readers lily's eye glanced rapidly down the collection of distortions then she dropped the moon this is outrageous she said i can never forgive her why is this the candidate you were telling me about asked silverdale in deeper concern i'm afraid it is said lily almost weeping i took to her so we talked ever so long even wee winnie did not possess the material for all these inaccuracies what is this woman's name wilkins i already called her diana diana cried silverdale wilkins great heavens can it be what is the matter it must be wilkins has married his diana it was mrs diana wilkins who called upon you not miss at all what are you talking about who are these people don't you remember wilkins the moon man that i was up in a balloon with he was in a frightful quandary then about his approaching marriage he did not know what to do it tortured him to hear anyone ask a question because he was always interviewing people and he got to hate the very sound of an interrogation I told you about it at the time don't you remember and he knew that marriage would bring into his life a person who would be sure to ask him questions after business hours i was very sorry for the man and tried to think of a way out but in vain and i even promised him to bring the old maids club under the notice of his diana now it seems he has hit on the brilliant solution of making her into a lady interviewer so that her nerves too shall be hypersensitive to interrogatives and husband and wife shall sit at home in a balsamic restfulness permeated by none but categorical propositions ah me well i envy them you envy them said lily why not they are well matched but you are as happy as wilkins surely query it takes two to find happiness "'What nonsense!' said Lily. She had been already so upset by the treachery and loss of the misunderstood Diana, that she felt ready to break down and shed hot tears over these heretical sentiments of Silverdale's. He had been so good, so patient. Why should he show the cloven hoof just today? "'Miss Dolly Vane!' announced Turple the Magnificent. A strange apparition presented itself, an ancient lady quaintly attired her dress fell in voluminous folds the curious full skirt was bordered with velvet and there were huge lace frills on the elbow sleeves her hair was smoothed over her ears and she wore a leghorn hat there were the remains of beauty on her withered face but her eyes were wild and wandering she curtsied to the couple with old-fashioned grace and took the chair which lord silverdale handed her lily looked at her inquiringly have i the pleasure of speaking to miss dulcimer said the old lady her tones were cracked and quavering i am miss dulcimer replied lily what can i do for you ah yes i have been reading about you in the moon to-day wee winnie and lily dulcimer wee winnie it reminds me of myself they call me little dolly you know she simpered in a ghastly manner lily's face was growing pale she could not speak yes yes of course said silverdale smiling they call you little dolly little dolly she repeated to herself mumbling and chuckling little dolly so you have been reading about miss dulcimer said silverdale pleasantly yes yes." said the old lady looking up with a start little lily dulcimer found dress of the old maids club that's the thing for me i thought to myself that'll punish philip that'll punish him for being away so long when he comes home and finds little dolly is an old maid won't he be sorry poor philip but i can't help it i said i should punish him and i will all the blood had left lily's cheek she trembled and caught hold of lord silverdale's arm i shan't have you now philip the creaking tones of the old lady continued after a pause the rules will not allow it will they miss dulcimer it is not enough that i am young and beautiful i must reject somebody and i have nobody else to reject but you philip you are the only man i have ever loved oh my philip my poor philip she began to wring her hands lily pressed closer to lord silverdale and her grasp on his arm tightened very well we will put your name on the books at once said the honorary trier in bluff hearty tones little dolly looked up smiling then i am an old maid she cried ecstatically already little dolly an old maid Already, (laughs) she went off into a burst of uncanny laughter. Lord Silverdale felt Lily shuddering violently. He disengaged himself from her grasp and placed her on the sofa. Then, offering his arm to Miss Dolly Vane, who accepted it with a charming smile and a curtsey to Miss Dulcimer, he led her from the apartment. When he returned, Lily was weeping half hysterically on the sofa my darling he whispered calm yourself he laid his hand tenderly on her hair presently the sobs ceased oh lord silverdale she said in a shaken voice how good you are poor old lady poor old lady do not distress yourself i have taken care she shall get home safely little dolly how tragic it was whispered lily yes it was tragic probably it is not now so sad to her as it is to us but it is tragic enough heaven knows lily he trembled as he addressed her thus for the first time i am not sorry this has happened the time has come to put an end to all this make-believe this old maids club of yours is a hollow mockery you are playing around the fringes of tragedy it is like warming your hands at a house on fire wherein wretched beings are shrieking for help you are young and rich and beautiful heaven pity the women who have none of these charms life is a cruel tragedy for many never crueler than when its remorseless laws condemn gentle loving women to a crabbed and solitary old age to some all the smiles of fortune the homage of all mankind to others all the frowns of fate and universal neglect aggravated by contumely you have felt this i know and it is as a protest that you conceived your club still can it ever be a serious success i love you lily and you have known it all along if i have entered into the joke believe me i have sometimes taken it as seriously as you come say you love me too and let us end the tragicomedy. lily was obstinately silent for a moment Then she dried her eyes and with a wan little smile said in tones which she vainly strove to render those of the usual formula what poem have you brought me to-day to-day i have brought no poem but i have lived one said lord silverdale taking her soft unresisting hand but like lady clara verdever you put strange memories in my head and i will tell you some verses i made in the country in my callow youth when the world was new pastoral a rich-toned landscape touched with darkling gold of misty throbbing cornfields and with haze of softly tinted hills and dreaming wold lies warm with raiment of soft summer rays and in the magic air there lives a free and subtle feeling of the distant sea the perfect day slips softly to its end the sunset paints the tender evening sky the shadows shroud the hills with gray and lend a softened touch of ancient mystery and ere the silent change of heaven's light i feel the coming glory of the night oh for the sweet and sacred earnest gaze of eyes divine with strange and yearning tears to feel with me the beauty of our days the glorious sadness of our mortal years the noble misery of the spirit's strife the joy and splendor of the body's life lily's hand pressed her lover's with involuntary tenderness but she had turned her face away presently she murmured but think what you are asking me to do how can i the president of the old maids club be the first recreant but you are also the last to leave the ship he replied smiling besides you are not legally elected you never came before the honorary trier you were never a member at all so have nothing to undo if you had stood your trial fairly i should have plucked you my lily plucked you and worn you nearest my heart it is i who have a position to resign the honorary triership and i resign it instanter a nice trying time i have had to be sure now now i set my face against punning said lily showing it now for the smiles had come to hide the tears pardon rainbow he answered why do you call me rainbow because you look it he said because your face is made of sunshine and tears go and look in the glass also because-well wait and i will fashion my other reason into rhyme and send it to you on our wedding morn poetry made while you wait said lily laughing the laugh froze suddenly on her lips and a look of horror overswept her face what is it dearest cried her lover in alarm wee winnie how can we face wee winnie there is no need to break the truth to her we can simply get rid of her by telling her she has never been elected and never will be why said lily with a comic moue, that would be harder to tell her than the truth but we must first of all tell father i am afraid he will be dreadfully disappointed at missing that inaugural soiree after all you know he has been staying in town expressly for it we have some bad quarters of an hour before us they sought the millionaire in his sanctum but found him not they inquired of turple the magnificent and learned that he was in the garden as they turned away the lovers both simultaneously remarked something peculiar about the face of turple the magnificent moved by a common impulse they turned back and gazed at it for some seconds they could not at all grasp the change that had come over it but at last and almost at the same instant they realized what was the matter turple the magnificent was smiling filled with strange apprehensions silverdale and Lily hurried into the garden where their vague alarm was exchanged for definite consternation the millionaire was pacing the gravel paths in the society of a strange and beautiful lady on closer inspection the lady turned out to be only too familiar why it's wee winnie masquerading as a woman exclaimed lord silverdale and so it proved nellie nimrod in all the flush of her womanly beauty her mannish attire discarded why what is this father murmured lily my child said the millionaire solemnly as you have resolved to be an old maid i i well i thought it only my duty to marry even the poorest millionaire cannot shirk the responsibilities of wealth but father said lily in dismay i have changed my mind i am going to marry lord silverdale bless ye my children said the millionaire you are a woman lily and it is a woman's privilege to change her mind but i am a man and have no such privilege i must marry all the same but miss nimrod has changed her mind too said lily quite losing her temper and she is not a woman gently gently said the millionaire respect your stepmother-to-be if you have no respect for my future wife lily said miss nimrod appealingly do not misjudge me i have not changed my mind but you said you could never marry on the ground that while you would only marry an unconventional man an unconventional man wouldn't want to marry you well your father is the man i sought he didn't want to marry me she explained frankly oh said lily taken utterly aback and regarding her father commiseratingly it is true he said laughing uneasily i fell in love with wee winnie but now nelly says she wants to settle down you ought to be grateful to me lily added nelly for it was solely in the interest of the old maids club that i consented to marry your father he was always a danger to the club at any moment he might have put forth autocratic authority and wound it up so i thought that by marrying him i should be able to influence him in its favor no doubt you will make him see the desirability of women remaining old maids retorted lily unappeased come come lily be sensible said the millionaire nelly shall give lily a good dinner at the junior widow's one of those charming dinners you and i have had there and lily please send out the cards for the inaugural soiree i am not going to be done out of that and nothing can now be gained by delay but sir how can we inaugurate a club which has never had any members said silverdale but what does that matter aren't there plenty of candidates without them Besides, nobody'll know. Each of the candidates will think the others are the members. Tell you what, boy, they shall all dance at Lily's wedding, and we'll make that the inaugural soiree. But that would be to publish my failure to the world, remonstrated Lily. Nonsense, dear. It'll be published without that. Trust the moon. Isn't it better to take the bull by the horns? Well, yes, perhaps you're right said Lily, hesitating but i hope the world will understand that it is only desperation at the collapse of the old maids club that has driven me to commit matrimony she went back to the club to write out the cards what do you think of my stepmother she inquired pathetically of the ex-honorary trier what do i think said lord silverdale seriously i think she is the punishment of providence for your interference with its designs the explanatory poem duly came to hand on lily's wedding morn it was written on vellum in the bridegroom's best hand and ran rainbow ah why i call you rainbow sweet the shadows for your eyes retreat the ground grows light beneath your feet you smile in your superior way a rainbow has no feet you say nay be not so precise to-day created but to soothe and bless you followed logic to excess repressing thoughts of tenderness my life was chilled and wan and hoary you came the bow of ancient story to kiss the grayness into glory and now as rainbow fair to see a promise sweet you are to me of sorrow never more to be besides the friends of the happy pair nearly all the candidates were present at the inaugural soiree of the old maids club not quite all because lily who was rapidly growing conventional did not care to have clorinda bell even accompanied by her mother or by her brother the man in the ironed mask nor did she invite the twins nor the esculatory alice but she conquered her prejudices in other instances and frank maddox the art critic came under the convoy of the composer paul horace and miss mary frisco was brought by bertie smythe the writers club also sent ellaline rand and an account of the proceedings appeared in the first number of the cherub the princess was brought by miss primpole and captain athelstan and lord arthur came together in unimpaired friendship eustasia pallas and her husband percy swinshell spat both their faces full of the peace that passeth understanding got a night off for the occasion and came in a hansom paid for out of the week's beer-money turple the magnificent who had seen them at home in the servants hall was outraged in his deepest instincts and multiplied occasions for offering them refreshments merely for the pleasure of snorting in their proximity the great Fladpick, frank gray accompanied by his newly won bride cecilia made the evening memorable by the presence of the english shakespeare guy fledgely brought miss sibyl hotspur and his father the baronet was under the care of miss jack the lady from boston wired congratulations on the success of the club from yokohama whither she had gone to pick up lacquer work poor miss summerson the lovely may and the victim of the valentine were a triad that was much admired miss fanny radowski whose oriental loveliness excited much attention came with martin winifred woodpecker was accompanied by her mother the resemblance between the two being generally remarked and miss margaret linbridge seemed to afford richard westbourne copious opportunities for jealousy even Wilkins was there with his Diana, in an unprofessional capacity, Lily having relented towards her interviewer on learning that she had been really engaged to Silverplume once, and that she had not entirely drawn on the stories of journalistic fancy. Silverplume himself was there, unconscious to what he owed the invitation, and paying marked attention to the unattached beauties. Miss Nimrod promenaded the rooms on the arm of the millionaire. She had improved vastly since she had become effeminate, and Lily felt she could put up with her now that she would not have to live with her. Even Silverdale's aunt, Lady Goody Goody Two-Shoes, could find no fault with Nellie now. It was a brilliant scene. The apartments of the Old Maid's Club had been artistically decked with the most gorgeous flowers that the millionaire could afford, and the epigrams had been carefully removed so as to leave the rooms free for dancing as Lily's father gazed around he felt that not many millionaires could secure such a galaxy of beauty as circled in the giddy dance in his gilded saloon it was indeed an unexampled gathering of pretty girls this inaugural soiree of the old maids club and the millionaires shirt-front heaved with pride and pleasure and the letter-day cupid that still hung on the wall seemed to take heart of grace again you got my verses this morning rainbow mine said Silverdale, when the carriage drove off and the honeymoon began it was almost the first moment that they had had together the whole day yes said lily softly and i wanted to tell you there are two lines which are truer than you meant i am indeed a poet then which are they lily blushed sweetly presently she murmured you followed logic to excess repressing thoughts of tenderness how did you know that she asked her brown eyes looking ingenuously into his love's divination i suppose my father didn't tell you tell me what about my discovery in the algebra of love algebra of love no of course he didn't i don't suppose he ever really understood it said lily with a pathetic smile i think i ought to tell you now what it is that made me so so you understand she put her little warm hand lightly into his and nestled against his shoulder as if to make amends after a delicious silence for lord silverdale betrayed no signs of impatience lily confessed all So you see, I have loved you all along, she concluded, only I did not dare hope that the chance would come to pass, against which the odds were five thousand nine hundred ninety-nine. But great heavens, cried Lord Silverdale, do you mean to say this is why you were so cold to me all those long weary months? It is the only reason, faltered Lily, but would you have had me defy the probabilities? no no of course not i wouldn't dream of such a thing but you have miscalculated them miscalculated them lily began to tremble violently yes there is a fallacy in your ratiocination a fallacy she whispered hoarsely yes you have calculated on the theory that the probabilities are independent whereas they are interdependent in the algebra of love this is the typical class of probabilities the two events your falling in love with me my falling in love with you are related they are not absolutely isolated phenomena as you have superficially assumed it is our common qualities which make us gravitate together and what makes me love you is the same thing that makes you love me thus the odds against our loving each other are immensely less than you have ciphered out Lily had fallen back, huddled up, in her corner of the carriage, her face covered with her hands. Forgive me, said Lord Silverdale penitently. I had no right to correct your mathematics on your wedding day. Say two and two are six, and I will make it so. Two and two are not six, and you know it, said Lily firmly, raising her wet face. It is I who will have to ask forgiveness for being so cruel to you but if i have sinned i have sinned in ignorance you will believe that dearest i believe anything that comes from my rainbow's lips said lord silverdale why they are quite white let me kiss them rosy again like a naughty child that has been chastened by affliction she held up her face obediently to meet his the lips were already blushing but confess she said while an arch indefinable light came into the brown eyes confess we have had a most original courtship end of chapter twenty end of the old maid's club by israel Zangwill.